Hey, why am I his sidekick, all right? How do you know he's not my sidekick? Welcome to Fireside. Welcome to Fireside, where we talking comic books the entire time. Ain't going nowhere, so dry your eyes. Already lasted longer than fireflies. Stay tuned, Mitty's got the grooviest news. From books to TV, the movie reviews. Plus the next toy, baby, here will you choose. Even a superhero fight club will be usually lose. So pop in those earbuds, turn up those speakers. Feel Mama's power, Earth 2 with features. And either listen by weekly or you can binge us. We got it all, baby. Are there ninjas? So relax and lie back as we start another issue of Fireside Chats. Comic facts and wise cracks. Welcome to the show. This is Fireside Chat. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another issue of Fireside Chats. I'm your host, Mr. Mauer, and with me, as always, are people. Um, I feel like Garth in Wayne's World, where I'm on the sofa by myself and I don't know what's going on. Um, features, are you there? Hello, Internet. Okay, so Features is here. So that means Baby baby Huey. No, no, Baby Huey's not here. You know what? I think we got this. I'm going to call somebody in. Are you ready for this, Features? We're going to get the one, the only, Moshko Uh from Moshko Collectibles. (laughs) Where my dog's at. (laughs) That was probably the worst dog barks ever. Yeah. Sorry, we don't have that, like, DMX guttural voice for you. I could have said, hi, I'm in Delaware. (laughs) (laughs) Well, today is Wednesday. And no matter what happened yesterday or today, or who knows, we might not even know for six weeks, um, we want to take your mind on a journey away from the real world and bring it into the comic sphere and talk all about those comic-related current events Comic related current events. Comic related current events. We got all kinds of news like. Like Lucille making her TV debut on The Walking Dead. Wait, but. Okay. What else we got? (laughs) (laughs) We also got uh, the debut of the second season of The Mandalorian. Ah. This is the way. And <laughs> I hate to do this, guys. We're going to kick off the show on a somber note uh, because this kicked me in the balls on Halloween morning. We lost Sean Connery. Yeah, um, that, was a, that was a gut punch. Yeah, so the one thing that got me through it, I don't know if you ever saw the SNL skit. I forget who was doing the imitation, but they said Sean Connery did, didn't uh, audition for movies anymore. He just went and read his grocery list. So he'd be like, <laughs> applesauce. Always with wings. Bananas. <laughs> and, and that's how he would get jobs. Um, his last acting role was a comic book movie. What was it? League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Yep. And he, it got bashed so much, it was done. Uh, I love the movie. That was actually that the first. That movie was awesome. I didn't see it. (laughs) It's fun. If you like um, in the kind of vein of The Mummy with Brendan Fraser or Van Helsing, you know, kind of that steampunk, you know, adventure type movie with all the literary characters. Um, But it was really, really fun. Uh, I loved it. But then we've got, you know, Indiana Jones's father. Henry. 
Dragonheart. And he the in, uh, oh. the be all end all of Bond, James Bond. So Bond. James Bond. And for me it uh definitely the rock. That was uh that was a fun one for me. Did you hear the story about the rock uh, that uh, Michael Bay told? Uh, is it the one where he forced uh, Disney <laughs> to give him more money to finish yeah. the film? <laughs> yeah, so they were, that was uh, Michael Bay's second feature film. And before that, he was only known for like music videos and commercials. He had done Bad Boys, which was a huge hit. And mm-hmm. Disney produced that. And they were over, you know, taking a long time to shoot it. And they go in. And for some reason, it was in like a eighth grade or third grade classroom. And all of a sudden, uh, Connery goes, this boy's doing a good job. And you're sitting there in your ivory castle. <laughs> we need more money. And he, uh, without a beat, Michael Bayes just said, they said, okay, how much do you need? Because Sean Connery right. basically said, give us money. That's how much of a badass he was. <laughs> so love Sean Connery. Yeah, it's sad. Now, his wife had said uh, he had pretty bad dementia the past mm. few years. So, uh, if you've known anybody that has lived through that, it's not something good. So, she was yeah, kind of tough. happy that he's at peace now. Um, so, I would like to take a moment of silence for uh, my favorite Bond and one of my favorite actors of all time, Mr. Sir Sean Connery. All right, let's get into some comic news. Um, can I borrow some money, fellas? Uh, no, because I'm going to do it myself, if I could. I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty broke. I'm sorry, man. I, I only need a little bit. And how much is it that you need? I, I need like a million dollars. For what? Detective Comics number 27, um, a 7.0, is up for auction. So that's a damn good copy of that book. I yeah, guess somebody that. else is broke too. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're but it's, be broke after it. It's estimated to go for about a million dollars at auction. Uh, it's just cool when these books come up because you get to see people that have found these gems and how it makes it this long in that good of condition is ridiculous. You know, we probably have comics of our own from the 90s that are under fives. <laughs> like features you used to roll up your comics, right? No, my little brother Oof. did. He's his ass for that too. <laughs> um, I was always pretty good with like I used to read them wider than I read them now, but as you guys know, in the past maybe fifteen twenty years, I don't open them past a forty five degree angle. <laughs> like that spine never gets cracked. <laughs> uh, so if you got a million dollars, go buy a comic that you can't read. And uh, hang it on your wall and show it off to all your dorky friends. Yeah, what's interesting, one of the uh, the last time it sold or, you know, one that's been reported being sold is back in 2010. Uh, and that went for 1.1. So it'll be interesting to see how, you know, what that price would be really this, you know, 10 years later. Well, 10 years later, but the economy is in a different spot now, too. Very true. So... Collectibles in general have not been retaining their value like they used to. Uh, so who knows? This could be a very good investment because who knows in 10 years if it doubles. 
Very true. So I realized like I would be a very terrible collector because I I would have to like read stuff. Well, you can <laughs> read it digitally. No, um, man, that's that's not for me. Um, and CGC is now actually offering. They're willing. They can do high res scans for you when you get your book slapped. I did see that. I did see that. So I might be doing that. I've got a stack of books. I'm going to send to CGC uh, probably this holiday season and do a, an unboxing because some of them look like they're in some good condition. I've got two Moon Knight number ones. Not the first appearance, his first solo book. Um, if you listen to the last issue, you got that kind of history. Um, <laughs> and some other various first appearances like Mr. Sinister and stuff that I'm going to send off and see what I get back. But DC has a job opening if you guys are interested. Always looking. <laughs> Um, you might be good at this. They're looking for a head of DC's digital, mobile, and product strategy. Yeah, what's what's what I found interesting about that is 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 this now DC telling us this might be the direction that we're gonna go, you know, in a in a very hard and direct way. Know what I got mm. out of this? That they really haven't been paying much attention to the digital market <laughs> and are really really late to the game. Mm-hmm. Sounds like them with most things. Yeah, so uh, the entire job description was posted online. They're looking for someone to serve as a product lead for DCUI, um, driving the business strategy and the life cycle across their web and mobile product portfolio. Um, they're going to be working with all of the DC bigwigs. And then they're also going to be doing branding and website stuff and such. Um, and they have to be focused on revenue growth so we'll see what happens i'm looking at this and i'm going yes uh, somebody in their hr department definitely wrote this because there's (laughs) one really key word that they use and i'll I'll read it collaborate with key internal and external stakeholders whenever you see (laughs) stakeholders in any type of description you know hr wrote it yep so who knows what's going to happen with the pandemic not looking like it's slowing down but speeding up. I have a feeling that they're taking a look at their digital strategy and being like, shit, we don't got one. <laughs> yeah, um, their, so- their social media presence is kind of, it's, it's super hit and miss, especially from like, you know, all the, I guess, uh, really, I mean, all the writers and everybody are pretty much independent in a way. So when you, you know, for me, when I'm like tagging writers and and things for my own posts that I put up, it's really difficult to find like the real individual because sometimes they're not even verified, which is really strange. Yeah, it's it's weird. And they got a bunch of people on a contract, but DC is definitely trying to get their foothold in this new generation. Um, They've got a new hero in a young adult graphic novel. Um, remember how we were talking about characters that were like on the nose, like Snowflake? <laughs> this, yes. This, is... <laughs> this takes that to the umpteenth degree. The new character's name is Whistle. As in Whistleblower? Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, the author, <laughs> E. Lockhart, whose real name is Emily Jenkins, says, Whistle is a social activist, a secular Jewish person, and a teenage girl working to support her mother through sickness. All elements I haven't seen much in superhero comics. <laughs> you wonder why. <laughs> if there were like three things <laughs> that I wouldn't put together 
for the DNA of a superhero character, but hopefully this is done right now. This is one of the graphic novels. Um, the illustrations are going to be done by Manuel Pritiano. It's going to be a reimagined Gotham City, so it's not going to be the Gotham that we're used to. Um, and her mother is going to be struggling with cancer, and her daughter takes a number of odd jobs that eventually lead her to a life-altering accident that grants her what DC Comics is describing as a sixth sense. So she's going to see dead people. What? <laughs> now, so the story is going to explore dark, ethically compromised sides of superheroes' lives, as well as the empowerment. There's going to be the thrill of corruption and the lure of riches in one hand versus an activist belief in the rights of the community on another. I mean, they're definitely bringing uh, a lot of social commentary straight to uh, the readers. <laughs> yeah, so we'll I, see I, what happens. I don't what know you, if that's going to work. You don't think there's an audience out there for this speech? A very small audience. I think they're going after too much. I think they're going, hey, I've been, as a, you know, as a company, we've been neglecting certain, you know, types of uh, individuals. So let's make something and create something. But uh, they put it all into one person instead of a couple of different characters. Yeah, this could have been a really cool team. Like mm -hmm. using the activism to build a community. And within that community, finding out that those people have powers and how they use their powers collectively to make a change. You know what that sounds like? What's that? Champions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you know, this isn't a comic. It is a graphic or a young, re a young adult novel. So mm -hmm. we'll see what happens. Well, it's an adult graphic novel, young adult. Moving on. <laughs> Um, publisher Rebellion is going to offer Rare Comics digitally in 2021. Uh, they're the publishers for 2000 AD, mm -hmm. otherwise known as Dreads World. Um, there's going to be a new series of digital-only collections available from their app and their web shop that dive into 2000 AD's incredible backlist. Um, ben Sp uh, Smith, who's the head of film, television, and publishing. Their archives are bursting at the seams with hidden gems that have either never been collected or just haven't been digitized before. So it's going to be great to make them available. The advance of digital-only collections is that we can bring these classics direct to the readers without having to add even more books to our already bumper-to-bumper -bumper publishing schedule. Hmm. I like this because sometimes you want to go back and read old books and they're out of publish, and even the collected things sometimes will skip key storylines or storylines that you just wanted to read because they have to be printed on paper mm -hmm. and like it weighs a lot to print those. So they have to be more selective with this. They can say, here's an entire chunk of 1993 have at it. And it costs them next to nothing other than scanning them. I'm, I'm not a fan of, of, and this is just me personally. I, I, I can't, I can't do the digital comics. Really, it's just, it's just it's not it's not palatable for me. Like I I'm I'm very old school in the fact that I need to have the book itself. So I mean, I'm pro I'm on the other side of things. I I prefer <laughs> it, you know, other than selling it. But we won't get into that. But the uh, Moshco Collectibles dot com. 
for all your comics and collectibles and all those needs. Um, anyway, I prefer, you know, kind of like what you were saying. I, you know, you take a whole run of comics, load it up onto your, you know, device of choice and just start ripping through them. It's, it's just, for me, it's a lot easier just to kind of grab that. And, you know, I trust me, I do enjoy the feel of the paper and, you know, all that wonderful stuff, but like Maurer, I'm not opening them any wider than 45 degrees anyway. So, well, I'm excited. I've always been a proponent of digital. I love doing the panel by panel. And recently I got all the stuff to set up the uh, Hue Entertainment for my office. So now mm-hmm. when I put it on the screen, the lights behind it are going to be an expansion of that comic panel. That's cool. So <laughs> I'll have to get video of what it looks like once this is all set up. But I, that's one of the first things. Like Everybody's like, oh, which movie are you going to watch? I'm like, I'm going to read a goddamn comic book. Because <laughs> that's edge-to-edge bright colors. And I just can't wait to see what that looks like in a dark room with all those colors just boom around it. So... Um, but yeah, 2021, go check it out. And if you haven't already, go read the old Dread comics. They are mm-hmm. freaking fantastic. Funny thing is, I, I don't think people can wait till 2021. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> no, no, we can't. Uh, I'm saying, and I've been telling Mrs. Mauer this, to me, it's still January 2020. Seriously. <laughs> and, and I'm just going to skip from January 2020 to January 2021. Yeah, but you know, arguably, you've been having a good 2020. <laughs> I've been having a, a fantabulous 2020. Um, you it might feels, be the only person that can say that. <laughs> it feels really weird, but this has probably been, other than me missing concerts and mm-hmm. cons, cons, mm. and some people. I guess I miss people. I miss the option to say no. I don't want to see people. Does that make sense? What's what's funny is when when all when we you know we were talking about uh, I don't know a couple months ago, probably back in March, how I said you know I've been living like this for the last three years since you know venturing out in this uh, business of mine. So you know being being home being alone, not talking to people for a while. You know, it's, it's old hat for me. So yeah, but you, you're going to have some new stuff coming your way. Um, this might take away from the home projects you've been all, we have all been doing. Yeah. Like I've redone fireside studio completely. <laughs> so when you guys come back, it's going to look a little different in here, but let's move um, on to some TV news. Mosh, want to yeah. kick us off? Absolutely. So, uh, some, some new news out of the uh, Walking Dead camp. So a lot new of... Uh, news. New <laughs> There it is. I skipped <laughs> over that in the intro. <laughs> we had to fit it in there somewhere. You bastard. Uh, so uh, <laughs> Hallie Burton, so that's, that's Burton, not Barry, for those keeping score at home. Uh, she's been cast as Negan's wife. Now, the interesting thing about that is Hallie Burton is actually uh, Mr. Morgan's wife anyway so really uh, yeah nepotism at its best over there at amc uh, <laughs> they actually uh they hosted a, a chat kind of thing um from their home you know over this quarantine uh i never saw it um, but i knew they were doing it um so they've been you know working together living together they've been married for 
I don't know how many years didn't get that part. Um, uh, but, but she's, uh, you know, she's from uh, One Tree Hill. She was on uh, Council of Dads, uh, Lethal Weapon. So she's been in a couple of different series. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how she uh, pulls off Lucille and we get the little, you know, backstory on her. Now, was Lucille in the comics and the woman, not the bat? Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes, she was. Um, and this, you know, that's particularly why they named the bat her. You know, he named the bat after her. Okay, cool. Um, I'm excited for the next piece of news since we just ended Halloween, which is the second best holiday of the year. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is the first. Thanksgiving. Um, uh, we have news about the Hellraiser show on HBO. Now, what? before. Yep, so yeah. before this, I was not very excited about it because this piece of the puzzle was missing. But now we know Clive Barker is on as an executive producer for the show. If he wasn't, it's not, real, it's not a real Hellraiser series. That's what I was saying. That's... So who can give me a quick breakdown of what Hellraiser is? Um, so I guess my analogy would be, imagine Pandora's box. You find it. You open it only to get sucked inside by a bunch of chains with spikes and nails on them and turn into, what's he, what's he called again? Uh, the Cenobites. A Cenobite, yeah. And you become pretty much the gatekeeper of hell. And this box, pretty much if anyone else finds it, it pretty much unlocks the, the gateway to hell and, and you, being the Cenobite that was captured and turned into such, are now dragging people to their, I was going to say fiery deaths, but... It's more like gory. <laughs> yeah, so we deaths. we all know Pinhead. He's the yes. guy who looks like a pincushion. He's the leader of the Cenobites, and they are formerly humans turned demons that live in an extra dimensional realm, and they're activated by the puzzle box called the Lament Configuration. So they come from hell to harvest human souls and keep the balance between good and evil. So they aren't truly evil it's kind of like if you watch lucifer they're just doing their job they're keeping that balance they do normally go after people with evil in them i would say do they well i I feel like pinhead doesn't really went after people he did but later on the series it got real weird we won't get in that um (laughs) but it's also being produced by dan farrow who did ready player one and roy lee who was uh, involved with the It movie. So this okay. is on HBO, um, and it sounds like it's going to be pretty goddamn good. Uh, speaking of more HBO show news, we've got more for John Cena's Peacemaker show. <laughs> P- yeah, Peacemaker, Peacemaster. Um, can, you didn't see this news coming, did you? I was, <laughs> was going to say, when can we see it? Um, so... We have a new cast, mas- uh, cast member joining, uh, Steve Aggie, Aggie, a G, Steve A-G-E-E. Um, Aggie, he- we'll go with Aggie. 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 So he's Gale, actually Gale two different characters. <laughs> Gail got it. He's two different characters in the upcoming The Suicide Squad. He plays King Shark's voice. He also <laughs> plays John Economos. And that's the warden of Task Force X's home base, Bell Rev Federal Penitentiary. Um, I'm sorry, but after seeing the game footage and having 
Samoa Joe as the voice of King Shark. I don't mm. want anybody else to be King Shark's voice. I didn't know that. That was Samoa Joe? That was I Samoa Joe. I didn't know that. He was the one saying King Shark is a shark? No, in the new Suicide Squad game where they're killing the Justice League. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Joe's gonna kill you. Sorry. Mm-hmm. For those of you who don't know who Samoa Joe is, you want to give a break? Someone give. <laughs> He's an American professional wrestler and color commentator, better known by the ring name Samoa Joe. Of course, they just gave his real name, but I forgot to uh, to say it there. Um, anyway, he's uh, a WWE performer because they don't call them wrestlers anymore. Yep. And uh, he's from a real famous family, he's, isn't he? He's uh, Samoan, so he's definitely uh, in there somewhere. I think he's a cousin in the Anoi, uh, Anoi, or however uh, you pronounce it. Yeah, uh, Sanoa, Sanoa, which is um, uh, uh, the Rock. It's Jimmy and all Jay Uso, it's Roman Reigns, it's Rikishi. Rikishi. Sorry, we're off on a tangent, but he sounded awesome as it. Um, <laughs> do you think that this show is going to take place before the events of the movie so they can kill John Cena in the movie? Or do you think? <laughs> Why do you want them to kill John Cena in a movie? Well, because they're going to kill. Like, it makes sense for James Gunn to be like, I killed you. And they'd be like, he's got a show coming out. Ha ha, it's before. Like. It just seems like James Gunn. And when will he ever get to see John Cena die in a movie? <laughs> you can't. This is probably the only chance. So you can't see it. <laughs> um, <laughs> moving on. Sorry, from, I was a little slow on that one. Sorry. Some crappy news. Moon Knight gets a director, Mohammed Diab. He's done a bunch of movies no one's seen. Um, or if you He's, did, you like Egyptian cinema? Yeah, he's won a lot of awards, though, for stuff that we haven't seen. <laughs> so We'll see. I'm a little nervous of a, a non-proven director taking this character. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, you're probably expecting us to talk about Mandalorian. We're not, because we're going to talk about that on Friday. <laughs> um, quick one-sentence review of Chapter 9. Go. Dope. <laughs> AF. I, fun. I don't know. I need more words to describe Well, I said it. one sentence, so not one word. Oh. Can it be a run-on sentence? <laughs> no. <laughs> on Friday, it will. No, every, everything we wanted and so much more. I am happy for the return of the Western. Yes. All right. Let's move on to some little bit of movie news. Yes, uh, I'll, I'll go with this one. So uh, there's been some uh, chatter about the uh, Blade 3 and how Wesley Snipes was on set. You and, mean the 12 uh, words he said on the film were the only 12 words he said while on set? <laughs> and he would leave post-it notes everywhere? And he threatened the director? Those things? Oh, you read the article? No, I've just known that for years because everybody's said it. Right. So, uh, Patton Oswalt, who, um, he's been on a lot of different things, uh, recently, um, primarily a comedian, but has also done some really cool, I know he, uh, most recently finished his wife's, uh, documentary book. Yeah, about her documentary. Her book. Yeah. We won't get into that, but that was really interesting. He was the um, imaginary friend on happy. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he's pretty established. He's the one that did the, uh, what the grandstand at, uh, one of the, um, Oh, I forget what it's. He's also a super comic geek, 
that was yes. in Blade Trilogy, uh, Trinity. Yes. And uh, as we all know, that movie was a bit of a dumpster fire. Jessica Biel uh, was hot in it, though. Well, you, I mean, you have that. Ryan Reynolds was in it. I mean, Deadpool. I mean, Hannibal. I mean, Deadpool. Triple H was in it. <laughs> With his, I mean, his puppy. The I mean, game. That, that, <laughs> the game. So, uh, yeah, a lot of, what, microaggressions is, is the term we use these days. Yep, and Wesley Snipes is pissed at what's been going around and is trying to set the record straight um, with a statement. Um, he says, let me tell you one thing. If I had tried to strangle David Goyer, you probably wouldn't be talking to me now. A black guy with muscles strangling the director of a movie is going to jail, I guarantee you. Um, he told The Guardian this. This is part of the challenges that we as African Americans face here in America. These microaggressions, the presumption that one white guy can make a statement and that statement stands as true. Why would people believe his version is true? Because they are predisposed to believing the black guy is always the problem. He continued saying, all it takes is one person, Mr. Oswald, who I really don't know, and I can barely remember him on the set. But it's fascinating that his statement alone was enough to make people go, yeah, you know Snipes has got a problem. I remind you that I was one of the executive producers on this project. I had contractual director approval. I was not just the actor for hire. I had authority to say, to dictate, to decide. This was a hard concept for a lot of people to wrap their heads around. I, I do remember that he, he actually was given that authority for Blade. But uh, it was taken away from every report, not just from Patton Oswalt, but every actor on set that had interviewed had said him and Goyer did not get along, which is why he cut all of his lines out of the movie. Yeah, he, he definitely usurped uh, a lot of <laughs> a lot from Snipes, and I I feel like if if that movie had followed the the way that Snipes had pretty much had the first two movies going, it, it, we could have gotten a really awesome trilogy. We could have got an additional trilogy, potentially. Uh, yeah, because it was supposed too. to spin off. He now, was supposed to have Morbius in it. Well, no, Morbius was after the first, uh, first one. He was in the end scene, mm. a deleted scene. Now, do you think his problem with David Goyer, which, let's say 50-50, there was a problem, but it wasn't what people said. Do you think their inability to work together is what caused Wesley Snipes to take his ball and go home? Mm. Radio silence, potentially. Potentially. Because uh, if you had all that power, yeah. why didn't you say, I don't like this, I don't like this director, let's change it? He had control to make it, from what he's saying, to make it like the original movies. So either he didn't have the control, he said, which in that fact... You're lying about something, which then makes me believe the other person. Or you didn't have that power in the first place. Like, it, something doesn't sound right with this. So, so good. Uh, I, 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 was, I was under the assumption that he, had, he did have some type of authority in that film to, uh, I guess, control the direction that it was supposed to go. But I think well, this statement says he had director approval. He had the authority to dictate and to decide. 
on what was going on, that he was, you know, an executive producer. Now, I yeah. think he got an exec- executive producer credit, which in the music or the movie industry is just a way to give you more money. Mm-hmm. And he took that to the, his head thinking, I'm an executive producer, but he really didn't have that power. And that's what caused that, that power struggle is they said, we're going to give you an EP credit. So he went around being like, okay, I want this. I want this. I want this. But he wasn't the executive producer. He was a executive producer, the lowercase executive producer, not the uppercase one, which is a big d- deal in movies. <laughs> That's always a possibility. Um, but again, I, I feel like if he did have the power that he said he had, at some point it was usurped. And we ended up with a really trash movie that could have been a lot better. Now, remember, this is also right before. He went a little crazy and went to jail and, and all that. So he didn't go crazy. Mm-hmm. He didn't go DMX crazy, but arr, he, arr, arr. that, that, <laughs> that right. was crazy. Um, Ray Fisher's back in the news. Not Ray. really. So what was it? Fortune put an article out and had a big quote. And then did you say 4chan or fortune? fortune. <laughs> and then he tweeted saying, I retract that quote. It's not true. I didn't say it. It was third party that said it. I'm not going to go into the quote because it is very, very touchy. Um, and he's saying he's going to finally release stuff. I think he hasn't been in the news in a few weeks. And this was his way to put something out there and be like, I didn't say that to keep his name on everybody's tongue. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> uh, any of you read Luther Strode, the comic? No, I know. definitely don't. Right. First time hearing. So it's Image Comics, pretty good. Um, the Strange Town of Luther Strode has been optioned for a movie. Basically, think of Spider-Man without the responsibility. So the story is Luther Strode, who's just a geek living with his mother, wants to get muscles. And that kind of Charles Atlas style, he finds a mail-order exercise manual for the Hercules <laughs> method. Much to his surprise, though, the method turns out to be an instruction manual from a murder cult. Strode gets not only human, inhuman reflexes and speed, but also a taste for extreme violence. What ensues is part superhero, part slasher movie. So, so now I know why you've heard of it. <laughs> it's right up your alley. Um, and I did want to close with Stephen and Mel's tweet um, Monday night about Tuesday's election. Because I saw you retweeted that. Yeah, I saw you liked it. Um, yeah. He basically said, I'm very upset that I can't vote in this election. I haven't been in the U.S. long enough to become a citizen. However, if you don't go out and vote, I'm going to grab an old green arrow costume, put it on, find you, and break three of your fingers. Be a great way to get him on the show. <laughs> you, you failed North America. <laughs> Um, he also tweeted that there was a rumor going around. He actually sent a message out to his fan number. If you are a part of it, that he didn't get hurt on set of his new uh, TV show. He's fine. Um, rumors spread with those kind of injuries all the time. Um, he is training pretty hard and anybody who is a pro wrestling fan knows it is intense and it's very easy to get hurt. Um, before we wrap up, one more thing. Shout out to Sideshow. Um, they had their spooktacular event the past 10 days. And why are we calling them out? 
you know what, Dave? Just <laughs> um, I just want to thank them. I won some cool stuff from them. Um, this was the closest feeling I've had to being at a con with all the live streams that they did. They've got some really cool people. Um, one of the hosts, Paul, has a po- uh, podcast that he does on their network. Check him out. It's It really is a very thankful thing that they did for fans. It was community. You were in these chats. Every night, Mrs. Mauer and I were watching the craziness of this live stream that went down in flames of chaos, but had a good time doing it. So I just want to thank those guys if they're listening for what they did. But it's that time. So Moshko, do that thing. I never do the thing. That's, that's not my thing. Features, do that thing. That's definitely not my thing. So Mauer, do that thing. You can find us at Welcome to Fireside pretty much everywhere except for Twitter where it's Fireside Crew. We thank you for all the support that you've given us and continue to give us even without seeing us at the cons in your area. Continue to do so. It means the world to us. The liking, the sharing, the posting, the interaction. Um, join the Firesiders group if you want to get an inside peek sometimes and maybe some early news from us. Um, as always, I'm Mr. Mauer. And I'm Features. And I'm Moshko. You could find me at Moshko Collects uh, virtually everywhere. Uh, like Maurer said, thank you for uh, supporting Fireside and thank you for supporting Moshko Collectibles. Uh, we're working very hard at making sure all your collectible needs are uh, filled. So uh, on that note, just remember, you're the man now, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to go to welcometofireside.com. Deuces. Peace. Excelsior.